Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zombie Girls Podcast. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is a cast of lovely ladies who I have made watch. We're deep in VHS territory this week, and uh, I have taken all of my friends with me while kicking and screaming. Matilda. Hello. Ariel. Hi. And the always lovely Sarah, who's not afraid to tell you, put your fucking mask on. Hi. (laughs) Sarah, I I bring this up because before the show, you told us a very cathartic story of you confronting a gentleman who was wearing a chin diaper. And you are my hero. Yeah. You are my hero. You are my Wonder Woman. (laughs) You are my RBG. You. (laughs) yeah you are you are the queen (laughs) you said all the things i wanted to say so thank you i want to like put on a little sarah mclaughlin right now and just have a moment i know (laughs) (laughs) all right ladies how is everybody doing it's been a whole ass month i miss you what's going on in your lives how about any any weird stuff happened to you ariel any excitement in that arena um no, I mean, nothing weird with my neighbors yet. I think it's still too freaking cold here for that. But I have been getting those weird text messages again where people are trying oh, to no. sell me, like, sexy good times. You're the <laughs> only person I know that gets, like, weird sexy text spam. So I've gotten three since I woke up this morning. Okay, read them. Okay, so this one says, want a baby dolls party, 69. <laughs> <laughs> and it has a shady ass link and i don't know what it means because i'm not okay. sure what a baby doll i i, I d- don't 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 the next one is needs 69 hookup connection i am alone today and the link has something about a speed dating party included in it okay okay mm. and then the last one is Need hard fuck sex in my bedroom alone lady seeking 69 mate. What the hell is going <laughs> on? What's with the right? 69? Like I don't it, know. It feels specifically targeted to 69. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what's happening, but I maintain those are just that from this, this is, morning. I think this is marketed by zip code because we know your neighborhood is Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, except I still have a Stockton zip code on my phone. Oh. Oh, geolocation? Maybe. <laughs> I want to believe it's geolocation. Yeah. Or you have a whole other life we don't know about. It should also be great. I, I would cheer you on. <laughs> yeah. You had a... Hey, man, get it, get it while the kitten's good. Right? <laughs> yeah. Those titties aren't getting any higher, my friend. Believe you me. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I mean, your phone's just like, come on no, already. I gave you the free link. <laughs> What do you want from me? Do I got to click it myself? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, sorry, Ariel, that you're being sexually harassed by your own phone. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's rough stuff. All right. Well, let's get into what we've been watching. What do you say? All right. (laughs) All right. Ariel, you've already started us on a great trajectory. I'd like you to continue that. What have you been watching? So I got around to watching Godzilla vs. Kong, finally. Okay. Okay. It's not great. No. No, no. No. It's fun enough. But it's not okay. great. <laughs> okay. I would okay, say the fair. Mechagodzilla fight was pretty fun. Watching them, mm-hmm. like, kick his butt together. And 
some of the other stuff was fun. I really liked that character, Bernie, who's a conspiracy theorist who has a podcast. I thought he was entertaining yeah. and that the whole movie should have just Did followed you see, him was around. Was it good to see yourself in popcorn? <laughs> 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 um, and some of the visuals were really cool. I appreciate Kong with a beard. I think he looks better that way. He should keep it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, beards are good for everyone. It's proof. Right. <laughs> Everybody looks better in a beard. <laughs> I will say, though, if you're anything like me, um, this movie is going to make you super queasy because the camera flips upside down over and over again. And there's like a million flashing lights. So it was mm. definitely not one that Ugh. was made for me. But um, besides that, the fights are really fun. I think this one would actually have been much better had I seen it in theater, though, where you had. Yeah, all the audience. I'm picturing you watching it on your laptop and I'm just like. You really set yourself up for failure with this one. Because <laughs> this ain't a plot-driven kind of movie. No, no, it's not. I would say this one has the most, like, hilarious plot of all three of them. And that's really saying something. Because King of Monsters with that whole echolocation oh. stuff was pretty out King there. King of Monsters was crap. Yeah. <laughs> it was the Saw 3D of Kaiju <laughs> movies. <laughs> <sighs> okay yeah so you would would not if you have like a really big screen tv because my tv is pretty small then i would recommend watching it otherwise i would just say skip it it's not that great okay, okay so the other thing that i watched is the banishing which is a newer okay. movie that's on shutter has anybody else yes. seen this one not mm -hmm. yet no okay so it's essentially about a woman and her daughter the woman marries this priest guy who is getting transferred to a new parish and he and the wife and daughter move into a new house in this new parish and it's uh maybe haunted spooky things happen and there's all this stuff about what maybe happened to the former priest that was there and the town thinks creepy things are happening so it's it's one of those kind of gothic -y horror ghost stories and it starts out so strong this movie has a great opening scene it's so much fun it's so good and then some of the visuals are really cool and really creepy some of the acting's really good i was telling rachel that there's this one character that reminds me kind of of vincent price he's very entertaining but the ending gets really convoluted where they sort of add in plots about nazis and like random stuff that doesn't totally connect to what you've been watching the entire time. So I had been looking forward to this movie for a long time. Me too. Yeah. But I mean, it might still be worth watching for all of the things I said that were good about it, but don't expect the ending to be great because it is not. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. But um, that's about all I've been watching. I think you guys okay. have some stuff I've been watching too, but. We can talk about yeah, that. yeah, yeah. How about you, Matilda? What have you been watching? Well, I've been catching up on The Sinner, which for some reason nice. I fell off of, but I really love that show. It's so much better than a USA show has a right to be. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're currently most of the way through season two. I've I also started but did not finish them. Is okay, anyone yeah. else, Sarah? Are you watching this? You talked about I'm, this I, last I'm two time. episodes in, yeah. and it it's it's a tough one. And I heard episode three is where you find out the details of the opening scene. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I think it's five where you see that really was, I was kind of like, I don't, 
I don't know if I want to do this right now. Okay, so um, your tone has shifted from last time. Last time you were recommending. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think I wish, I'm somebody who doesn't care about spoilers, and I wish I had spoiled this for myself. Because you kind of know the tone of what you're getting into, that it's like racial violence, but you don't know the graphicness of it. Ah, uh, okay. Until about episode five. And then I know there's, because now I've spoiled the rest for myself, and I know there's one more that's going to be quite bad. So just know that it is explicit. Gotcha. Explicit yeah. violence. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sounds fun. And it's hard because yeah, the performances I, are good. Yeah, because I read ahead to kind of brace myself because the, the, the first two episodes... Or just it was like, oh, okay, I, this is this is bad. This is really bad. Like I love Dale Dickey as an actress, mm -hmm. but whenever she shows up, something fucked up's gonna happen. Yeah, that's just all there is to it. And so yeah, I read ahead, and that's why I I about halfway through episode three, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't know if I'm in a place for this right now. Yeah, and there is yeah. this kind of thing that I think that I I think I put this in the chat. Like I think I have this idea that I'm a horror fan like I can take it right like I can I can see whatever I'm not going to be disturbed that's not that's not true yeah really. <laughs> so don't yeah is it because of the realism of the subject matter that's making it so difficult yes yes okay yeah because because the at, le at least from what I've seen so far the 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 actual haunting thing isn't nearly as bad as you know the monsters on Maple Street yeah. Oh, okay. And it, I think it also stays with the psychological aftermath of stuff more than other series do. Yeah. I mean, you basically have two characters that are working through their, their trauma mm -hmm. and getting put into a position of more trauma on top of it. Right. And kind of reacting from previous trauma in a way that then kind of like builds the situation. It's yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It, it's really it, tough. It is, yeah. So just mm. tread carefully, but the performances are great. But if you, Oh yeah. If you don't care about spoilers, maybe spoil this one for yourself, just so you know what's, what you're doing, what you're getting into. You can, yeah. You can mentally prepare yourself for it. Yeah. Okay. That's Jesus. a good one. <laughs> you guys are not selling me you had me like interested last time but uh i have reversed course no no it kind of like the movie that came out on netflix last year what was it our house yeah mm. okay uh -huh. yeah 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 it is a great movie it's it's a great series with powerful performances but it is it's tough yeah yeah it's, it's gonna hit you okay. it's gonna hit you right in the feels yeah. yeah, I've seen a lot of criticism around them and how it is kind of racism torture porn. Yeah, and I think like... that's fair criticism. It's not for its own sake, mm. like it's doing interesting things. And there's, you know, I think okay. that there's there are interviews with the actors that I found that they really talked about why they wanted to do this. Okay, that helps. It's interesting because I think this year has changed my appetite around it, so, around certain kinds of horror so much. Like The Handmaid's Tale just started again this week and I'm like... Uh -huh. I don't want to do it. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. You were so in for the first That's two I love shocking. that. I mean, I'm going to watch it, but I was like, oh, I'm noticing I'm not watching it. Has not it already sure. started? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it started uh, this week. Oh, shit. And you're not watching it. That's why. Yeah. So, so I think that there's something about, like, you know, the last several years that we've been through that, I, that I'm that i like, oh, God, I'm enjoying the break so much. 
right right in some ways like i'm enjoying yeah. the non-hypervigilance a little bit and so yeah oh my mm. god that's exactly the right way to describe it the lack of hypervigilance right i'm enjoying lovely. hearing an announcement like it's seeing a headline it's like president you know announced this policy and i'm like okay <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you're not like okay i guess are, i have to start organizing there are, there are still definitely things that i feel like we as citizens need to hold this administration oh, yeah. to the fire yo for sure but i mean there's just there, there is a lot but at the same time it's really nice that the biggest scandal coming out of the white house right now is that a rescue puppy bit somebody yeah yeah right right <laughs> The harm was limited to one single solitary individual and yeah. not just like a swath yeah. of people. Right. And not that like Stephen Miller bit somebody. You know what oh. I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I, I mean, it's interesting. It, it, I do feel like this this last four years and then this last year has kind of changed how much I felt like I needed horror to reflect real horror to me. Right. Right. I mean, that's why I fell off. Handmaid's Tale to begin with. So yeah. Like, I don't think I can do this right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think, like, because when I turn this off, I don't get the, like, oh, it was just fiction. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's only a movie. It's yeah. It's only a movie. Well, and, yeah. you know, that, that's also, like, Atwood, like, everything in that book is a real life thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. 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 So yeah. the thing that somehow isn't as... Hard, wasn't as hard to watch was a true crime thing that right. I was watching that Rachel that Rachel had recommended called Sasquatch. Did anyone else yes. watch this? Yes. Oh, I watched the shit out of this. Is the one thing I've watched. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's only three episodes long, and it is so good. Mm -hmm. It's so good. It's kind of like Murder Mountain with maybe Bigfoot. Hmm. So just to break down a little bit, mm -hmm. basically it opens with this investigative journalist talking about one year he went up to the Emerald Triangle, which is those tri-counties in Northern California, like Humboldt, Trinity, and Chasta? Mendocino. Yes. Mendocino. Mendocino. Right. Where like all of the, you know, historically, that is where weed is cultivated and yeah. is... Yeah. Uh, Taking on its own culture, shall we mm -hmm. say. Yeah. And while he was there, one night this guy came in and was like, three guys just got murdered. On a farm. It, on a farm by big by by Sasquatch. Yeah. They're like, was it a ripoff? And he's like, No, the plants are all torn up, but they're there. These guys but these guys have been torn apart by Sasquatch. Yeah. And I remember hearing something about that murder. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. So from there he's like you know, was this real? Did I imagine this? Does anybody else remember this? And he decides to investigate it. And then the documentary, it gets into like Bigfoot territory. They talk to some squatchers, things like that. And then they delve deeper into the culture of that area. Yeah. And that's where it really gets interesting. <laughs> I feel like I've never seen the culture of like the kind of underbelly sketchiness. Uh-huh. The kind of methy, um, say it. You know, you want to say it. Racist. <laughs> to, I I don't want to spoil the best, the best line, the best the line whole... in the whole thing. <laughs> Let's just say that this movie has added a new phrase for, permanently to my vernacular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But the kind.
I mean, I don't know. Like other, we're we're all people on this podcast who like grew up in California mostly, right? And so there is this part in like those types of California areas where I don't feel like we ever see it reflected. Where there's this thing about like, oh, it's like the pot growing area, so everybody must be a hippie, right? Oh, except it's just like there's a real methy white people, lots of razor wire kind of yeah, well, kind like of vibe of up here, yeah. A friend of mine grew up near Wilseyville. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, one of the guys his mom was dating, his business almost went under because of Lake and Ning. He he apparently rented rented some heavy equipment to them so that the feds seized all his equipment mm. while they were investigating that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But yeah, he, he was like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I remember as, as a little kid, mom would be like, hey, remember when you're out there playing in the woods, look for booby traps because, you know, the, the growers out there. Yeah. And then yeah. once it once it became federal federal charges, ter- acts of terrorism for the for the booby traps, that's when it was like, hey, be sure you scope your area. You don't want to get sniped because it was less jail time to shoot somebody trying to sneak onto your property than it was to blow them up. Yeah. Yeah. This is all stuff that uh, it gets touched on. Yeah. Yeah. In the documentary. So yeah. if that yeah. sounds interesting to you, you will find much to be enjoyed in this documentary. You will. The other thing I will say is a lot of times with these true crime, less than true crime things, uh-huh. uh, things about cryptids, there is a tendency for these documentaries to be left with an- questions unanswered mm-hmm. in a way that is frustrating and a like, but he's still out there. The big guy is in the woods. This manages to answer a couple of questions in a way that you walk away from the documentary feeling very satisfied and resolved. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Oh, have you seen it too, Ariel? Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fascinating too because although I knew a lot of this stuff, seeing it in depth and having them actually talk to all these people who have been yeah. there for so long, I thought was fascinating. I think it was really interesting seeing them talk about the evolution from all of these hippies going up there to sort of grow weed yes. and live communally to this more modern iteration where, like you said, it's full of like crime and meth and people, you know, fighting each other over land and how the government and the camp stuff really affected the culture up there. Yeah, the community trauma of having, like, federal helicopters landing at the elementary school. Exactly. Yeah, I thought all of that was Mm -hmm. really interesting. And you're right, it doesn't answer every question, but I do think you get enough of it answered that you're pretty satisfied by the end. And I think the whole story is just really cool and interesting. So, yeah, I would definitely check it out. Although, if you're wanting something... That's really just about Bigfoot. This is not the documentary for you because it's really not about that. Yeah, it is. And it isn't. Yeah. Because I I think that there's some cultural things that I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Why? How those things, those Sasquatch spottings come. Oh, uh uh-huh. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So I do actually feel like it is and it isn't about Sasquatch. Yeah. I really liked it. I would highly recommend yeah, it. Yeah, and it's, it's a quick one. Three, it's fascinating episodes. You can scarf those down like in a day or two. 
Yeah, and I feel like the people that he interviewed are so there's a different kind of insight than Murder Mountain has about that yeah. area of the of the state. Also, the MVPs who are only very briefly in it are the gay squatchers. Oh my god. Yes. I love them <laughs> so much. Oh my god. We need a whole show of them. Oh, they were They great. should have yes. a show. Yes. They should have a fucking I would watch that Sasquatch show. <laughs> yeah. I would watch them sit in chairs next to each other and just like bicker grab at each other yeah. oh my god so funny. Oh. oh you think don't he start can... this shit with me <laughs> you think he can shift realities don't start that shit <laughs> so i good. loved it yeah sarah you you and catch if you're curious should definitely check it out okay so sarah what have you been watching i didn't put it on the list but finished falcon and winter soldier and uh-huh. i think i'm really liking where mcu is going yep uh-huh yeah. uh-huh then uh as i've said before on the cast i was i'm trying to watch every one of the amityville movies and they just keep making more of them i'm surprised you didn't go with pumping them out considering where this is about to go (laughs) (laughs) but i think i i want to say it was bloody disgusting that uh oh no 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 it wasn't bloody disgusting it was a facebook group of uh queer horror fans that uh the big the big gay horror horror group or whatever it's called somebody posted an article about scared stiff the amityville whore <laughs> so this is let me just tell horror. you like if you're not in the disc you're not a patron in the discord you are missing yeah you really are out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Sarah. I totally interrupted you. Okay, I'm sorry. It's Scared Stiff 2. The first one was so good, they needed to make a sequel. <laughs> okay, so Scared Stiff 2, The Amityville Horrors from 2009. Like I said, it's it's okay, three it's about three hours long. What? It's, That's yeah. so long. It is so it's, long. It's directed by Chi Chi LaRue and Mr. Pam. I, I would tell you oh. the stars, but just know that it's a lot of buff dudes having sex with each other and if you were to actually cut down the movie to actual plot well it's probably about 25 minutes a movie oh jeez <laughs> so there's two and a half hours of dudes yeah. having sex gotcha would yes. you say that you get a big bang for your buck? <laughs> <laughs> oh you definitely get you definitely get a big bang for your buck yes and, 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 and you get such great lines like there's a leather daddy in a pig mask right and in one of the scenes and he well i've got some sausage for you Oh. oh god oh god yeah oh, yeah oh, um god. there's a, there's a priest comes to perform an exorcism on the house because uh based okay long story short these uh this newlywed couple they buy this they buy this house and they get uh 10 off the, the the cost because they have sex with a realtor as i mean does. that's just good business <laughs> yeah right right and they keep having dreams of, that take place in the 80s and waking up with spooge all over their face oh wow. my god yeah so they bring in an exorcist and they have sex with the exorcist, but like, but his Venmo was like big daddy driller 69 or something like that. <laughs> the dude had the smallest penis in the scene. Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> like, like, ah, that's a bummer. Maybe he means he <laughs> drills big daddies. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember what it was exactly, but yeah, it was about him having a big dick. And then I'm like, dude, you got the smallest one in the scene. That's kind of a bummer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So basically ends with homeowners deciding to make peace with all of the sex ghosts and, you know, having brunch at the end of the movie. 
sweet. Right? Look at mm-hmm. them crossing yeah. the ethereal divide, finding common ground. It's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> so how was it? Was it good? As far as porns go, was it hot? Oh no! Maybe because it's not my thing. Yeah, (laughs) sure, right, fair, fair. But you know, eh, it was what it was. (laughs) Okay, so here's the important question, though. Even though it's got a solid, it was what it was rating. Where does it lie on the spectrum of Amityville? Because you haven't just been watching the the grown folks movies; you've been watching them all. Is this? It is what it is. Enough to qualify it to be somewhere in the middle? Is it the top, the bottom? Okay, so there's, so far, I think this is number 24 of oh the movies. Oh my I've seen about <laughs> what? six of them, and I'd rank this at number three. Oh. <laughs> so that should tell you where it's at. Yikes. And the entire the, Amityville the original, catalog? Uh, no, no, no. I'm not saying on the entire of the catalog. I'm saying of the ones that I've seen so far. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, I would rank this higher. Okay, so I would rank... The original Amityville. Okay. The remake. Okay. This one. <laughs> wow. Number two. Number three. Number four. Next generation. Okay. Wow. Okay. So it is what it is. So three hours of ho hum porn is better than what four other movies you just listed? <laughs> Holy Pretty shit, much, Amityville. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> Damn. That is a grim indictment of this franchise. <laughs> Have you come to regret your quest to watch all of these movies yet? No. No. Uh, I, I regret okay. nothing. <laughs> well, we look forward to hearing more rankings in the future. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Keep us posted. We're going to need a running tally of where these things are. I wonder uh, if if Scared Stiff 2 stays solidly in the top three, I'm going to be very impressed. The question is, is, a lot of times sequels are not as good as the originals, so does that mean you're going to watch Scared Stiff 1? Uh, well, no, it doesn't have Amityville in the title, so... Oh, okay. But, okay. Uh, okay. But, okay. Uh, I, we'll I am never know what if, masterpiece that was. So. I am wondering, though, if uh, the Amityville vibrator will beat this one out. Oh, I mean that is definitely more in your wheelhouse, yeah. right? Like, yeah, I think so. That, that one may be more erotic, so it might get a little. <laughs> it is what it is, but I liked it. Is it about? <laughs> is it about a haunted Hitachi? Like, is it about? <laughs> yes. Oh my god! Amazing. <laughs> okay, considering the tagline for that one is "For God's sakes, get off." Oh, amazing. <laughs> amazing. Uh, yeah, we're going to need you to not only review that, we're going to need you to touch bases in the Discord because inquiring minds <laughs> need to know. Group watch, just saying. Yeah, I heard Mars one day complaining about, about how they'll slap Amityville on, on any movie just to get it out there. I'm like, yes, and they keep having to add it to my fucking list. No, <laughs> I just keep growing. <laughs> It's madness. It is. Yeah. You have really gone down the rabbit hole on this one. Mm-hmm. I really have. <laughs> it's, it probably sounded like, you know, an easy little jaunt through 15 or so movies when you started. Well, I was I was like, yeah, there's like there's only like 10 of them. Right. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, OK, there's you know, Amityville. <laughs> there's this one. There's this one. There's the asylum. There's the theater. There's the playhouse. There's the dollhouse. There's the 
<laughs> there's the fields. Yeah. There's the road. There's the island. Oh my there's, god. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mistakes have been made. And I'm so glad that we get to live vicariously through those. Yeah. <laughs> I really respect your uh thoroughness with this list. I mean this is <laughs> awesome. Above yeah, and beyond. Keep us posted. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that is it for what we've been watching. We're going to take a quick break to listen to this message from our buddies over at Here's Johnny. And then when we get back, we're going to be talking about two 80s classics, or I guess 80s and 90s classics, The Burbs and People Under the Stairs. Tales of giant monsters are as old as tales themselves. What makes those stories fit into the kaiju genre and just how scary can they be? Larry and Justin are pursuing this very knowledge on the Here's Johnny podcast, a horror show that arrives every week, just like your favorite radio drama, but instantly through forbidden sciences known as Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. There are a ton of kaiju out there to learn about. Just listen to your local emergency officials and stay out of their paths. Wait, say that again? Uh, sorry, folks, I'm getting a message from our staff. Uh, folks, we're getting reports that a massive creature has just risen off the coast of this station heading this way. Please follow evacuation protocol and... Listen to the Here's Johnny podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Alright, we're back. So, now I was in charge of programming this time, and you're probably wondering... Rachel, why did you pick these movies? Well, I'm so glad you asked because <laughs> I picked these movies for a couple of reasons. First of all, I picked them because I wanted to pick something this time that was just a little bit more fun. We've been watching a lot of dark stuff, upsetting movies, which I love, especially myself because I'm going to do the Saw thing. Definitely check that out on Here's Johnny. Great podcast. But I, I just kind of needed something to lighten things up. Mm -hmm. I needed a little bit of a palate cleanser. So... I, I wanted to pick something that I thought would be fun to have enough meat on its bones to be fun to talk about as a group, but also didn't feel like a punishing homework kind of watch. So that's why I picked these movies. But the other reason I picked them is a little bit darker. <laughs> oh, okay. So, I mean, the last several years have been very eye-opening and disturbing all on their own. Mm -hmm. uh, and even before the entire planet was plunged into a pandemic. We went through like four years of psychological trauma. <laughs> so, you know, those events have taught some pretty dark lessons about our neighbors and uh -huh. how some of them were perfectly content and happy to see other people hurt and how little sacrifice they were willing to make to protect other people or to do things for the greater good. And, Probably scariest of all is just how easy paranoia and conspiratorial thinking can take root and corrupt a giant swath of our country's minds. Mm -hmm. uh, so, like in short, we spent the we spent the last five, four to five years, kind of learning that we can't trust our neighbors. And so, I thought a couple of movies about that particular brand of darkness, um, what goes on behind suburban doors and the paranoia of our neighbors but also be timely in addition to being fun <laughs> yeah yeah so so yeah a little bit of light and a whole lot of darkness that's why i picked these ones 
All right. So the first one is one of, I probably shouldn't say this up front, but one of my favorite movies, The Burbs, from 1989, directed by Joe Dante. And I have a little background about this movie, uh, if you guys are interested. Sure. Actually, I have a lot of background about this one. The other one, I have a little bit of background. This one, I have a lot of bit of background. But okay. So this movie was directed by Joe Dante of, of course, Gremlins, The Howling, Space fame. If you haven't seen Space recently... That shit is hilarious. I highly recommend you return mm, I, to it. I love that movie. Yeah, me, yeah, too. me too. And it stars uh one of the Klopex is is Inner Space. I don't know if you remember that, but the no. the eldest brother, not the eldest brother, the you know the doctor brother from the Burbs is no. in Inner Space. Yeah, so hmm. yeah, definitely check that. I watched that like maybe a year ago, and I was like, God, this movie holds up. It's so fun. Anyway, so, but it was actually written by uh, Dana Olson, who based the script on experiences from his own childhood. He said he had an ultra-normal middle-class upbringing, but the town had its share of psychos. And there was a legendary hatchet murder in the 30s. And he said that, like, once in a while, you would just pick up a, a newspaper, a local newspaper, and be like, librarian kills family, comma, self. And as a kid he became kind of obsessed with this idea that like Mr. You know, Mr. So-and-so down the street could actually turn out to be Jack the Ripper. Mm. And he thought where there's fear, there's comedy. So he kind of wanted to approach the burbs as Ozzie and Harriet meet Charles Manson. Although I think the original script was quite a bit darker than what ended up happening. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. basically once they got Tom Hanks on board, he was like, they, they had to change some things like, Characters were supposed to die that didn't end up dying. Things like that. So I guess Dante, when he saw the the script, was immediately on board. He loved the concept. He immediately kind of connected with this idea of having that person in town that there were all the rumors about or the local legends of people going crazy. And he realized as he would talk to other people about the concept of the film, everybody would basically respond with like, oh yeah, when I was growing up, so-and-so was in my neighborhood. So it was much more universal experience in the suburbs than you might think, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I I mean, I definitely had that thought as well, you know, because I remember there was a murder that took place across the street from me. Like this guy killed his wife and family when I was a kid. So I do think that that is kind of a suburban thing, right? Yeah. Sure. And the movie was a 10-week shoot that all took place during the summer of 1988 entirely on the Universal Studios backlot. He used a Colonial Street, which is, as the Mayfield cul-de-sac, they had to do some remodeling of it. But essentially, it's the set that is, it's been used in a lot of different things, including 1987's Dragnet, which also starred Tom Hanks, apparently. Huh. It was the street where the Munster's house was. Oh, okay. uh, Quantum oh. Leap was shot there. Desperate Housewives. Huh. Some of the houses are there. And at the time they were shooting this, they were shooting the new Leave it to Beaver, which is why it had that perfect, <laughs> gotcha. very suburban. <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So the film was shot in sequence during a writer's strike. So even though Dana Olson was on set and he, I guess, appears at some point in the film, he was actually prohibited due to contract and strike from offering any rewrites, anything like that on set. So Dante basically did, like, he just, like, let everybody improv a lot. So one example is when, this is something when we did the group watch together that I think Ariel, you were like, I love the or Sarah, no, no, Ariel, you said you love that part where uh, Rumsfeld is like tearing the wallpaper off the wall. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that was totally improv. 
there were also a lot of great lines like the Satan is good. Satan is our pal line was improv <laughs> and uh, Tom Hanks and Carrie Fisher playing Jeopardy like that was uh, along with Jeopardy. That was all improv. Oh, a lot of it was the other person in this movie, which we all were very delighted to see was Corey Feldman. Yes. Apparently, he had, yeah. this is what he did after Dream a Little Dream, just so you know. When he showed up, he still had, like, dyed black hair from that oh, God. When he, mm. for the audition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he was, uh, if you recall, he he went through a hard time. I think he's probably still going through a hard time. Uh-huh. While the movie was being filmed, he was, like, really kind of going through it. But he also was in the throes of that, like, Michael Jackson obsession. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, this was definitely that period. Because he w- does wear a leather jacket at some point in this. And I was like, there it is. Yes. There's the yeah. Michael Jackson obsession. Yeah. Well, Michael Jackson did not come to set. His chimpanzee bubbles did. He was a frequent <laughs> guest. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. He was a frequent guest on set and had to be confined to Feldman's trailer <laughs> during filming. However, it's an animal. So you can guess what would happen when Feldman would return to his trailer at the end of the day. Yikes. There was feces uh-huh. spread all around the interior of his trailer. Oh, cool. Leading Joe Dante to finally ban Bubbles. <laughs> Smart man. Yes. Also, just a little fun fact. Walter, the neighbor with the little toy poodle. That toy poodle Queenie was actually the same dog that played Precious in Silence of the Lambs. Aww. Oh. So this movie actually has an alternate ending, which you can watch on YouTube. And it's a little bit different and a little bit crummy. <laughs> so okay. they chose the right ending. But in the alternate ending, uh, Eldest Klopek is trying to kill Tom Hanks in the back of the ambulance. And uh, they basically catch him in the act. And they arrest him, and instead of there being the reveal with the trunk and all that stuff, they he gives a whole speech about wanting to come to suburbia and, like, how nobody noticed them when they were in L.A., but here they are, everybody watches you, and he just wanted clean living and just, you know, a few human sacrifices here and there, and you get branded the weirdo in town, and everyone's <laughs> so judgmental. I mean, it's kind of funny, but it's just it just doesn't have that same impact. Yeah. Um, as yeah. And so that was actually done in reshoots, where they added in the, the skeletons. Oh, but that okay. wasn't the only thing they had in the trunk. They also tried dead cheerleaders and the two garbage men. Oh, hmm. oh, the, and then yeah, the garbage yeah. men were funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were great. So, but they finally decided to stick with the ending as it appears now, and I honestly think it's the best version. I don't know about you guys. We'll, yeah, uh, we'll find out. We'll find yeah. out. So the movie opened at number one in February in 1989, but was a critical fail. <laughs> It has, to this day, it only has 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. At the time, That's surprising. The, it was the worst reviewed film of the year. What? <laughs> really? Yes. Huh. People, I think it is a movie that has aged well because our feelings about suburbs have, have shifted. You know what I mean? They've evolved. And at the time, they thought it was this dated idea of like, oh, God. You know, this is there's nothing you ha- there's nothing incisive about this critique of of suburbs. Oh, like it okay. felt like low hanging fruit at the mm. time. Huh. Uh, mm. Yeah. So it was it was not well received. And so Joe Dante says that it's kind of amazing to him now what a cult status it's taken on. That besides Gremlins, 
the burbs is the one that's most likely for people to be like oh you made that movie when he's like sitting in a dentist chair so yeah yep 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 so it definitely has taken on a cult status and is well loved you can you can also kind of like there's some outtakes you can find on youtube and there's a video of Corey feldman not getting along very well with dick miller where dick miller's like we're trying to do some work here shut the fuck up like not having him (laughs) Um, but yeah that is what i have for the background on the burbs so before we go any further though i guess i've kind of done this out of order once again despite it being in red bold font fuck rachel get your shit together sarah can you please let our listeners know what our spoiler warning is (laughs) all right ladies and gentlemen this is your first time listening our spoiler warning is simple we spoil everything especially a 30 year old movie yeah so (laughs) if you haven't seen it turn it off and you don't want it completely spoiled for you uh turn it off now and uh Come back when you've seen it. Matilda, would you mind doing the synopsis for it? Sure, of course. Uh, so The Burbs, like you said, 1989, directed by Joe Dante, um, and starring Tom Hanks, Bruce Stern, Carrie Fisher. Queen! Ray Peterson is looking forward to a staycation, but his quiet suburban existence is disrupted when he hears disturbing noises coming from the basement of his new neighbors, the Klopex. Ray and his neighborhood friends attempt to investigate much to the chagrin of their beleaguered wives and to the delight of a bemulleted neighborhood smartass. <laughs> Corey Feldman. Can you guess who Corey Feldman plays? <laughs> so are the Klopeks truly sinister or are Ray and his friends just paranoid about outsiders? For how many of you was this a first watch? It was a first for me. Me too. That's so ex- That's so exciting. Mm-hmm. That's so much. So when we started, were you pretty convinced that the family was up to no good from the jump? Or did you, was there any part of you thought like, oh, maybe, maybe they're not so bad. Maybe they're being framed by their judgmental neighbors. I thought, I thought it was they were not so bad. was going on. Oh. Mm. Oh, <laughs> I like it. Podcast divided. <laughs> <laughs> No, Sarah, you definitely have seen this one before, right? Oh, yeah. This was one of those staples on cable back in the uh-huh. 80s. Uh-huh. And I, yeah, so uh-huh. It, uh-huh. it was this and our other movie, People Under the Stairs. It seems like they oh, were yeah. always on. Yeah, 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 yeah. These so, were... uh, uh-huh. yeah, so I've seen I've seen this one a couple of times. Nice, nice. All right, who would like to go first and tell me what you thought about this movie? So, yeah, this was a first watch for me. I don't know how I never got around to watching this one because I really loved it. I think Oh, yay! <laughs> it's such a fun, silly, goofy movie. I just enjoyed all of it. Carrie Fisher is amazing. I love all of her outfits and her hair. Tom yep. Hanks is like, you know, By the way, peak. wig. Yeah. Wait, that's a wig? damn it (laughs) i never get it right (laughs) but it looks great it's a good one it's actually a really good one okay go ahead all right i feel a little bit better (laughs) (laughs) so she looks great in her fabulous wig and tom hanks is like peak comedy hanks which i Mm -hmm. adore i mean he's great in his more serious roles but i really love that you know 80s tom hanks yeah i think that he did this directly after big Okay, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he mm-hmm. looks so baby-faced in it. Oh my god, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so part of what I thought was so charming about this movie, too, is how much humor they mine from just ordinary suburban stuff, like mowing your lawn, a dog pooping in somebody's lawn, the, you know, 
newspaper delivery kid throwing newspapers and whacking people with them, spying on your neighbors. I mean, the whole thing is just, it's clever and it's fun. I really the, liked that. And the neighbor dropping by to, to gossip. And, yes, you know, exactly. Going through your fridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all of that's really fun. And then there are so many really funny directing choices in this where Things like there's a scene where Tom Hanks and his neighbor are screaming and the camera zooms in and out of their face really quickly as they scream yeah. and they just stop. It's <laughs> very, very funny. Mm -hmm. There's a part where somebody has fallen through the roof of a shed and then the camera films them from above through that human shaped hole in the shed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes there's another scene where tom hanks explodes the house next door and as he walks out western music plays yeah the music uh -huh. choices and yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. Yes. yeah 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 there's just so many funny little touches like that that really make this movie um cory feldman's character is endearing and really funny i think all of his commentary about the neighborhood and getting this like whole gang of kids there to watch the goings-on is really hilarious uh -huh. And, you know, Sarah, you mentioned earlier, I can't remember why, but you mentioned the Monsters Are Due on Maple Street, that great episode mm -hmm. of The Twilight Zone. And this really is kind of a zany version of that. Yeah. That yeah. same mm -hmm. idea, you know? Or like mm -hmm. the beginning part of To Kill a Mockingbird, minus the racism, because there are only white people in this movie. But... <laughs> 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 I mean, that's a fair... <laughs> Yeah, that's a fair criticism, but that's um, the 80s for you, Yeah, baby. of course. I'm yeah. not really. I'm just joking. But. <laughs> I mean, it's worth critique. It yeah. is it's a worthy critique. <laughs> um, I also love the ending part of this movie. I think Tom Hanks's rant is so funny. And the way he just throws himself into the ambulance. And that, the is, that is why he's my hero. That yeah. is the moment where he just... <laughs> That, again, was an improv thing where he Are decided to pick up. Yes, where he picks up the the gurney, gurney and yeah. throws it in the back of the ambulance and throws himself onto it. And then just it slides forward. Oh, it's, yes. That is yeah. so funny. It's such great physical comedy. And it, yes. It's where mm -hmm. he's, like, basically pouting because nobody will believe him. Oh, yeah. man. It's. Yeah, that cool. part is just made me laugh so much. And I think that you're right about the ending. Finding the bones in the trunk is is was really funny and mm -hmm. yeah the whole thing is just charming and just like a really good time we watched mm -hmm. it um as a group watch with some of our patrons and it was really fun just chatting with everybody while we were watching this goofy movie so yeah i had a great yeah. time with it if you've never seen this one you gotta watch it yeah right yeah oh, i'm so glad i'm so glad how about you sarah what did you think of this movie Oh, I enjoy this movie. I mean, I wouldn't say it's like my one of my top hor horror comedies, but I I enjoy this movie a lot. And um, for me, one of the funniest parts of it on this rewatch was when uh, when the doctor and and Tom Hanks are fighting on the on the gurney and it slides out of the ambulance. <laughs> All the cops like no, they, they just kind of look and then they start pushing people back. <laughs> <laughs> to, to like make room for this, this fist fight on a gurney. It's <laughs> just like rolling down the street. Yeah. Yeah. So or, or the or the guy's house on the guy's house is on fire and he's like, oh shit, my wife's home. Right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh my god. Yep. Yep. He's a great character. <laughs> right. Satan is good. Satan is her pal. <laughs> How about you, Tilly? 
I really liked this. I had it was a first watch for me, and I found it um very like dated in a soothing way. Yes, yes that's that, a yes, great it, way it, to put yes. it. Yes. And um I think that, you know, if there's some pretty heavy hitter actors in this, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh-huh. it's Tom Hanks and Bruce Dern and Carrie Fisher. I feel like in the hands of lesser actors, I don't know that it would have been as fun. Yeah. There. Mm-hmm. But it, like it might have it might not have gone as far, but with them, they're just so calm about delivering some pretty wild performances. Um mm-hmm. I really liked it. I really liked the way it kind of gets at, you know, early on, like Ariel was saying, like where the dog is pooping, just the kind of like um, surveillance and almost like panopticon version uh, thing in like white suburban neighborhoods of like the kind of shit you care about too much. Yes. 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 In those neighborhoods, there's, um, there's a thing in the pandemic in my city where there's a teenage kid who has been building rope swings and leaving them in parks i what? love that yeah so his project awesome. this year is he wants to put up like i think it's 20 or 25 rope swings in public parks and when he gave an interview he's anonymous and when he gave an interview to the paper he was like you can't put them in neighborhoods that are too rich because people really they care about shit like that in those yep. neighborhoods right they'll be they'll complain and they'll call the city and they'll freak out and you know you can't do that so you can't put them any place where people are too rich, basically. So this reminded me of that a little bit. Um, uh huh. I just found like it was really wholesome. Yeah, and it was. Yeah. It made me think about how. Um, you know, I know we've had the question before from listeners or Ariel when you were, um, you know, with some of your your younger relatives trying to think about like what is a horror movie that could get you interested in horror but isn't actually too scary i think yeah. this would be a great one yes oh that's so mm-hmm. true yeah yeah yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Can see that. I mean it's it's light light and breezy mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. too scary but like you know on the fringe as a word yeah I just to like is. wet yeah. a kid's palate you know just mm-hmm. to get them mm-hmm. started i think this would be a really fun choice i mean it's something i watched as a kid and loved right Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also thought was creepy. I thought it was creepy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, we haven't talked about Malachi, but like he definitely, I found him to be very scary as a kid. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I found him to be terrifying as a kid, but I also, I saw Children of the Corn. So now, whenever I see him, I'm like, oh no, it's no good. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like he is the Jason of my childhood. Like Malachi yeah. is, yeah, he's who I was actually scared of as a kid. And see, I saw I saw him in colors first, so I always just oh. think of him as the oh god as, as the the stoned white guy hanging out with the with the Mexican kids. Oh my god! <laughs> That's wow! Right, colors. Did not expect for that to come. Up today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to get the soundtrack album out later. Is there is right? there some weird like the universe is making us talk about uh oh god what is that actor's name that's in both that and To Kill a Mockingbird? Um. Uh, Robert Duvall. Yes, <laughs> they got a weird Robert right. Duvall kick. Right and, now. and the thing was, is I couldn't remember if it was Colors or Falling Down that Courtney Gaines is in because oh. one because um, Robert Duvall's in both of those, but there's also two of the gang the gangbangers that are in Courtney Gaines's crew in Colors are in uh, uh, Falling Down. Are you saying that 
people of color are typecast? This is shocking information. <laughs> Never would have guessed. Yeah. Yeah, I love this movie because I think you're right. Like there is there's something extremely appealing right now in particular about the things that we're having anxiety about being incredibly low stake things. Yeah. Like nothing to me sounds more relaxing than worrying about the state of my lawn. You know, mm-hmm. that to me sounds fucking great. Like that to me yeah. is the American dream. <laughs> is to <laughs> the thing that you have the you the lack of existential dread allows you to give a shit about what's happening uh you know on your front porch. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, yeah, there is something soothing about that. There's something nostalgic about that. And I think that's a big part of why right now, especially this movie is a little bit of a a balm. I also think, you know, (laughs) it's a situation where our heroes are kind of would now be the villains of a story. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And rightly so. I mean, in this case, they turn out to be correct. that The Klopics are up to no good, but I do think as a culture, we are reevaluating the rays and the marks and the arts of our, uh, uh, of pop culture. Um, And I think if it weren't, again, if it weren't tough, you know, Tom Hanks, like America's dad, it would be, I don't know that we would look at this movie as fondly and it would be able, we'd be able to divorce that like critiquing part of our mind as much as we are able to with this. But he, him, Carrie Fisher, like it's, it's hard to get into that state of mind when those are your lead characters. Right. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Right. But Mark would a hundred percent be storming the Capitol. Oh, absolutely. Right. Oh, yeah. That's the other <laughs> I, I was, thing. I was just going to say, yeah, he, he would definitely be one of the one of those guys with the, the, the big Trump flag up front and the, mm-hmm. you know, don't tread on me. Right. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. This is the artifact of an era prior to the breaking of our brains. Like the fairness doctrine may have been in place when this movie yeah. came out. <laughs> so I mean, there's also a piece of that's a little hopeful. Like, is there a time or a place where we can get back to this kind of suburbia like have it look different in very obvious ways but also kind of where you don't have to have anxiety about your neighbors at large would be very appealing yeah i don't know Mm -hmm. i don't know Mm -hmm. i don't know this is my wistful i haven't had that much sleep kind of i'm coming from that place right now (laughs) well no i mean we and, and the thing is is like we're still in this really weird, uneasy point that, like, yeah. you know, there was that. I, I don't feel it so much now, but the 2020 election cycle, if Trump had won again, Kat and I were making plans to find what countries mm-hmm. we could go to mm-hmm. because, right. you know, it was very possible that the guy down the street would decide that we're not welcome here anymore. Yeah. Right. And that's, and that's the thing that, that people talk that have survived genocides. They're like, yeah, you know, somebody that you've known for you, you've lived next door to for 20 years suddenly shows up at your door ready to kill you. Mm -hmm. Right. And everybody else is going to be like a good German and just be like politeness above all else. Right. And not interview. (laughs) Right. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. That's the other thing we learned is, like I said, there's a certain portion of the country that wants to see another portion of the country burn. 
and then another portion that just would really like not like to have to have they don't have the stakes you know what i mean and it's yeah it seems like a lot of emotional labor to care about this so i could just you know look this way mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. yeah yeah, but there is something about this movie that kind of looks at how suburbia views outsiders. Yes. Yeah, right. Which I mm -hmm. think is also going back to the what you've been watching, like something you get a little bit in the Sasquatch documentary, which is fascinating. Um, yeah, I was really interested that we all watched that going into this episode because I feel like there's some parallels, but I won't go into because it'll spoil things. But trying to, I'm trying to figure out exactly what you're talking about specifically in Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, there's a general kind of suspicion about outsiders. Is that what you mean? Well, they're talking about, like, how that legend gets going because oh, of okay. how America thinks about got others. It. Got right. it. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it, mm -hmm. got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. Definitely. I also think that it says interesting things about we can feed into our paranoia a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, Tom Cruise's character is this everyman. Tom Hanks. Just, or sorry, yes, Tom Hanks. Very different. <laughs> this would be a very different movie if it had Tom Cruise. There would have been a lot more stunts, that's for oh, sure. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God, the despair in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I, I think you're, you know, he's very much the proxy, right? And I think he, like, he resists the, the conspiratorial thinking for a while, and then he just gives all the way into it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I almost kind of, on one hand, I love the ending, but there is a part of me that almost wishes that it was proven to not be true because it validates some of the crazy stuff that they do, which is actually really awful and harassing. Yeah, yeah it is. It's pretty terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, overall, this movie is just one of those ones that's a touchstone that I return to every few years because it is, I think you're right, like it's, it's nostalgic in a way that feels very comforting mm -hmm. it is a comfort food kind of movie for me and i'm really glad you guys like it mm -hmm. i think it's great <laughs> okay good well what do you say we flash forward to the year 1991 a mere 11 years later to wes craven's classic quote unquote People Under the Stairs. So this was directed by wes craven and according to craven the plot was partly based on a real-life case. There were two uh, African-American burglars who broke into a supposedly normal Los Angeles suburban home in the 70s and uh, ended up causing, like, I, I don't know if the police got called or what exactly happened. I think they actually found the room where this couple had locked their children away and had never let them out and and like the sick kind of story of how there could be these people hiding in suburbia in the midst of a comfortable upper middle class California neighborhood made headlines and it just really stuck a chord with, with Craven. So he wanted to return to this idea with this movie and he thought he said what appealed to me was the thought of a hidden truth that was radically different from the surface appearance. The fact that this was taking place in a neighborhood supposedly where people were living the good middle class life. So, so that kind of was the jumping off point. I'm not sure how it turned into what it did, but that was where, <laughs> that's where we started. I will say that he did specifically cast Wendy, uh, Robbie, and Everett McGrill to play the parts of Mommy and Daddy after seeing them play husband and wife on Twin Peaks. So that is not oh, a coincidence. Okay. Yeah, I have a headcanon thing about that. You do? Yes. Okay. 
Okay, so my thing is like, remember at the end of season two of Twin Peaks, Ed arrives to find that uh, Nadine, she, but she committed suicide, but she had finally made her silent curtain rods. Yes. Oh. So here's here's my thing, is that he finds her and she's not actually dead, but she's in a medically induced coma. Meanwhile, he mentions the silent curtain rods to to Horn who says, you know what, let me take a look at that, and helps finance, and he ends up selling the idea to hotels across the country and gets all this money so he can help Nadine, and they get her eye fixed, and they decide to leave Twin Peaks for a different life, but being outside of Twin Peaks, they don't know how to handle the world, and they both go mad. <laughs> I like it! That's <laughs> solid headcanon. I like it. <laughs> So, okay, this is definitely a movie that, again, has kind of a cult following. And Craven himself was not done with this story. Shortly before he died, he was actually developing a television show version of this for the Sci-Fi Channel. Oh. But okay. then, obviously, never came to pass. R.I.P. Wes Craven. But it's also not the last we've heard of this story because in October, mm -hmm. Collider reported that Jordan Peele had signed on to produce a remake yeah. under his mm -hmm. Monkey Paw Productions for Universal Pictures. That's so exciting. that is really interesting, especially, I mean, this is one, unlike the Burbs that I had not revisited multiple times, this is one I have not seen since the 90s. And I think um, through my 2021 eyes, I can see why this is a rich kind of this is like a target rich environment for a remake mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm, specifically mm -hmm. from a from the jordan peele perspective because yes. <laughs> there's a lot of class and uh gentrification racial, gentrification yeah. like all those kinds of things are ripe for the remaking mm -hmm. in our current political landscape mm -hmm. and <laughs> so, disparities yeah. in healthcare stuff like right yeah. up front yeah yep so I did not realize that if you were locked in a basement for your whole life, you turn into the members of Mr. Big. <laughs> now I know that. And it also explains that album. Okay. I mean, it is so, 1991. So. Man. I mean, like. I'm the, the one that wants to be with <laughs> Like there's the, a creepier Dave Mustaine in that basement. Oh, totally. Like all you would have to do is take their horror clothes off and put like just a vest on them and no shirt. And that's it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Done. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I've got for the background for this movie. Uh, Matilda, what is the synopsis of this here movie? All right. So like you said, this is from 1991. Uh, a teenager, Fool, and his family are facing the twin stressors of his mother's cancer and eviction by their unfeeling landlords, the Robesons. Fool and two adult robbers attempt to steal the Robesons' collection of rare coins, but when they enter the house, they find way more than they bargained for, starting with a dusty pen of strange young men kept in a basement dungeon by the couple. A dusty pen. It is very, there's a lot of dust coming off Very that dusty. Thing. It is very dusty. I will give you that. I mean, maybe it's the facial powder since everyone is so matte in this movie because it's mm -hmm, 1991, mm -hmm. but we'll get to yeah. that. Yeah. Well, it could also be, you know, the, 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 the crematory oven. Could be. I mean, it's probably <laughs> that, but it could also be that Cody spun powder that I had. Yeah. I <laughs> which I, which the color was Rachel too. And I was like, it's fate. I can smell that. <laughs> sentence as you talk about it wow. freaking smell <laughs> yeah and yeah there's 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 certain things that you that 
you can always smell. You say somebody use Helene Curtis and you know that smell immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And we've talked about Dracar Noir. Yes, if I said yes. Gina Tay to you, you could smell it. Yes. Let's go with you, Sarah. What did you think of People Under the Stairs? I, you know, I always remember this being as kind of like a horror comedy and watching it today. There is some dark shit going on there. There sure is. Jesus. Uh, uh, yes. The cannibalism, the, uh, the incest, the child rape, because, you know, there's that scene where she's tied up in the in the attic and he's like yep. rubbing his crotch. Yeah. <laughs> And then you know the, the the toxic masculinity between all between the 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 two robbers and fool and yeah. oh man I mean all of it is just it's I don't dark. Know what you're talking it about is... you don't think secretary you think secretary of pussy is offensive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole thing's just dark. It is really dark. Yeah, and then at the end, all the all the boys running free, and I'm like. They've been locked in a basement since they since God knows how long. Most of them are like maimed in some way, and they've been living off of human flesh. Right? Where they are, are they going? There's no coming back from that. They are not fit for society. Yeah, they're not going to blend. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. I mean, being in that basement has literally transformed the shape of their face. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. My memory was that they were the children of the brother and sister, but I guess they were all mm. kidnapped. Yeah, because yeah, there's that scene where they're in what were fools in one of the rooms and they have all the pictures of all the little kids right. that they've been like scoping or yeah. kidnapped or whatever. Yeah, their yeah. walls just covered in them. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Now, was this a first watch for anybody else? Or have you all seen this before? I think it may have been a first watch for me. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. How about you, Ariel? Was this a first watch? No, for definitely YouTube? not. Okay, okay. All right. Well, Matilda, what'd you think of this one? I mean, I liked it. It was fun. It was also fucked up. <laughs> right, 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 right. I'm excited right. to see where this remake goes. Mm-hmm. But it did remind me of this period where, like, around this time in movies where they would just drop, like, really wild kink imagery into things, right? Where... I think this is the first time I ever saw a Gimps. Yes. 100%. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I had no con- yep. no context for it <laughs> at all. Yeah. Mm. And the performances in this, like, I know we were kind of joking in the chat about, like, who's going to be the the mommy and daddy in the remake yeah i feel like mommy has to, it's pretty much a drag performance like there's no other yeah. <laughs> i think it's true yeah it's a drag performance i mean it's high joan like joan crawford yeah yeah over yeah the top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it was wild i mean it's a it was a little actiony for me as these things oh, go okay. but I'm really excited to see where the remake goes because I think the story itself has some possibilities of going really interesting places right now. How about you, Ariel? So I have a real fondness for this movie. My friend Kate and I, when we were little, she lived down the street from a blockbuster and her mom would let us just walk down there and rent movies by ourselves because she had signed this thing saying that her kids could rent like rated R movies or whatever they wanted. Not mm-hmm. that this is rated gosh. R, but... We were allowed to rent whatever. The 90s, folks! (laughs) (laughs) So we rented this movie, and I believe we were about nine years old when we did that. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, we it was shocking at the time. Like I remember being like, oh my God, I can't believe all this stuff's happening. Like Rachel said, the gimp suit was a real eye-opener. <laughs> like it made me uncomfortable, but I didn't really understand what it was. In my memory, I had built that up so much that I thought he wore that through the entire movie. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so we, because we saw it at such a young age, we ended up talking about it for years, like constantly bringing up all the crazy stuff that happens in this movie and then watched it again when we were in high school and we're just shocked that any adult allowed us to watch that uh -huh. before we were even 10 years old. <laughs> uh <-huh>. Because <laughs> you're right, there is so much that's crazy and dark in this movie. And then this is the first time I had watched that since I was like 16. So yeah. it had definitely been a while. I remembered it really well because again, we it was something we talked about all the time, but there's a lot more blood than I remembered in it. And it's just, uh -huh. I mean, okay. It's an imperfect movie. <laughs> like there are yeah. some things that could definitely be done better. I think that there is some interesting commentary in this about gentrification, mm -hmm. but it's mm -hmm. not like a super nuanced depiction of any of it right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um which is why a remake could potentially be really interesting but i did appreciate that they show how you know greedy and neglectful and abusive landlords are even though these are obviously a caricature of something yes and how that like sucks the lifeblood out of black and brown neighborhoods mm -hmm. and i think that there are a couple lines in it that are good like when he finally find when fool finally finds the room full of money and he's like oh this is why there's no money in the ghetto like this is what's happening mm -hmm. yeah um, the extraction yeah. that is yes. occurring mm -hmm. exactly yeah. mm -hmm. and they also talk about how these people have been raising the rent and not taking care of the apartments to drive people out so that they can tear them down and build, I think they say condos and office buildings, which is exactly yeah. what does happen. So, yeah. I mean, there are like mm -hmm. nuggets of good things in this movie. It's just maybe the overall picture of that part of the commentary isn't perfect, but mm -hmm. I just, yeah, I think it's really good. And I think there's some great sort of kid level scares and gore in this. I mean, it's a bit over the top. I don't know that I would have shown it to my niece and nephew when they were nine years old, but, no. <laughs> um, but I think there's really fun stuff. Like when fool goes into the basement for the first time, he's like sliding down those stairs and seeing the guys, you know, reaching their arms through the grates of the pen that they're locked mm -hmm. in. When there's another scene where daddy is carving up uh, Ving Rhames' yeah. character and eating uh -huh. chunks and then throwing chunks to the boys. It's all, like, it's gory, but it's also kind of great, too. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. I appreciate all that stuff. There's a, oh, there's a hilarious scene where Roach holds up Ving Rhames' body and is sort of puppeteering it to get the attention of the boys so that Fool can escape. <laughs> there's just yeah. some really funny stuff. Mommy and Daddy are fucking creepy, and they're so over the top, it's very enjoyable and fun to watch even alice's character she's kind of boring but she sort of gets her revenge a little bit in the end and sort of fights back which is cool i appreciate that fool wasn't willing to just leave even though he got the money and he was going to be mm -hmm. able to take care of his family he came back to help everybody and that kid who plays fool is awesome i mean he's always awesome i think he was great in the mighty ducks and sandlot too um, mm -hmm. but he is very enjoyable to watch in this movie. He's really the highlight of the whole thing, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. This was one when it came out, I remember people in school talking about it. Mm. 
it was kind of a, it had a pop culture moment at least where I grew up and and I remember getting my hands on it I think my mom probably rented it from, for me from a blockbuster <laughs> right and I have not seen it since I liked it at the time I've always had a fondness for it but I think I saw it a couple of times as a kid and then you know never since so this was definitely again Kind of like when we get into my sweet Adrena and the extended uh-huh. Holy shit. My teen or preteen eyes versus my grown ass eyeballs. This movie is way darker than yeah. I remember. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, way darker. Way... It also delves into deeper ideas than I remember. Like, I just remember it being more of a fun house with a leather daddy and some. At, I thought inbred people in the basement. That was that was the extent of what I remembered. I did not remember the socioeconomic stuff, the social stuff, and I did not remember how gruesome and how twisted it really was. Yeah. The the mommy and daddy characters aren't just camp. They're really dark characters. Yes. Yes. They, their yeah. relationship with having this child and these creating just like a pack of feral children in the basement how their you know their deep racism all that kind of stuff definitely as a kid like i didn't really connect with but as an adult i was like this is actually a much more incisive social commentary than i remembered yeah and it made me what it what it happened is i kind of got to enjoy it as a kid and i got to enjoy it on a different level as an adult uh-huh. when i read like it was much meatier than I remembered and much more disturbing. I watched it with my partner who had never seen it before and he loved oh, it. Oh, he had never seen it. I didn't realize yeah, that. <laughs> he loved it. He had a great time. He was like, that was a good movie when it yeah. was over. <laughs> and a lot of times he just kind of tolerates my movies. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that was that was fun. But yeah, Fool, again, I think is such a great character and a totally underappreciated hero. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine how cool it was to be a kid at that age, like a black kid at that age getting to see Fool because mm-hmm. he is smart. He is resourceful. He is kind. He is funny. He is tough. Like he is such a cool character. I loved Fool. And I, the actor portraying him, that kid has so much charisma. Kid actors are typically pretty rough, especially in the nineties, yeah. especially in like a moderate budget horror movie from the nineties. And he just, commands this movie he's the center of it he's in every frame of it and he i mean not every frame but you know what i mean okay. essentially almost every frame of this movie and he is such a great final boy yeah or i hope people revisit this movie maybe find it now I, I do think there is some degree of people remembering it as kind of being a lesser west craven film and it's kind of been pushed to the side and in a way that People like most people have probably seen it, but they're like, oh, it's like they lump it in with like shocker. You know what I mean? Mm, uh, Whereas uh-huh. I do think, as much as Nightmare on Elm Street is a extremely influential movie, the the performances of that are not good. So in some ways, I think this is a technically better movie. Uh-huh. And I'm not gonna get into it with people who are outraged with me right now that's like that's your opinion that's fine (laughs) my point is i feel like people need to revisit this movie and they'll find things to appreciate in this movie it shouldn't just be like a cult favorite it's more in poor rotation Mm -hmm. because i think it's it's one that maybe maybe it came before it's time you know what i mean maybe it yeah 
people weren't necessarily that interested in hearing about the horror of gentrification. Whereas now it could find an audience who was like, hey, this is actually pretty smart, especially for a Wes Craven joint, which is why I can't wait to see what Jordan Peele's production company does. Well, and can we just say like mom, mother and father, like mommy and daddy, like are pretty much every dark joke that's been made about the Pence family. Oh, hundred percent. Oh, I was thinking the Reagans, but you're right. Yes, them too. Yeah, at the time it probably was. Call each other mommy and daddy. Oh God, they are the they are totally. I used to work with this guy. He was like six two, right, and real big dude. And he was always like, "Oh, you know, I have a busy day off today, tomorrow. You know, I gotta mow the lawn, but." Mother doesn't like the sound of the lawnmower, oh so I gotta use a push a push mower, Gross. and then I gotta take mother's car into in into to get detailed because you know she she had, I I do that for her once a month and and somebody was like oh man that's really nice that you do that stuff for your mom he's like well mother's my wife oh no gross <laughs> gross no no that's and right away when you hear that you know some some something in the buttermilk ain't right you know like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel <laughs> if you're in the audience and you call your husband daddy like out of the, I mean like if you're in the bedroom you do what you do boo like no one's judging you there but like on the streets if you're at Target and you're like daddy can we get this no. LaCroix well, no. No. no no it's Fuck a little it goes a little true detective do you know what I, like it, yeah. it, it's, <laughs> oh it's, no are you talking uh, making uh, flowers yeah, no yeah no right like no. i feel like that this relationship and that relationship feel similar to me <laughs> yeah you know what's weird though is he was in the gum- gimp suit but like he was super dom i'm like shouldn't that- i know yeah he he's got a hood on that doesn't make any but yeah i was joking <laughs> in the cast i was like this is pretty much what i think is in all of these houses like a shit ton of guns and sexual repression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I did kind of love the sort of house of horrors aspect to it with all the the, the traps and the things that moved and the control panel, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's like was... a home alone quality to yeah. it, just with a lot more blood and weird twisted shit happening. And incest. Yes. We there was also a lot of VC Andrews jokes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> as we were watching this because the crossover is Greater than you would expect. Uh-huh, with <laughs> you know, when somebody made that joke, I was like, "Oh, just wait—they're not even ready for it yet." How yeah, Aaron's about yeah. to go ham. I can't. I'm, I'm a little scared. <laughs> I'm a little scared. <laughs> I would just say that this is one that would be really fun to watch with other people. Yes. We watched it yeah. as a group, and it 100%. was a blast to make jokes the whole time. So if you've mm-hmm. never seen it before, definitely enjoy it that way. It is worth a watch for all the reasons we said, but I also think it would be really fun with a bunch of friends. Yeah. I'm just going to do a plug for our Patreon right now because mm-hmm. we've been doing do group walks with watches with the patrons, and you know we propose it as like, oh, this will be fun to do, but we've finally been doing them, and they are so much yeah, fun. Yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah. So much fun. Like, pledge at the level that gets you in the page, like the lowest level. <laughs> before we before we clear out of People Under the Stairs, can we talk about the final song? Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Let's talk about the final song. I mean, I feel like this is a thing that started happening. I mean, it's like pretty much like the end of Ghostbusters 2, right? Um, mm-hmm. But like the wholesome rap song that is um, 
like has explicit content related to the movie uh-huh i feel like was a trope um of this yeah. period oh, yeah. of movies and uh this this was a good one yeah it did not disappoint <laughs> it did not disappoint <laughs> definitely watched through the credits yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, I believe we were rocking out in the Discord, which brings me back to what I was going to say. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm glad you circled this back. So, yes, if you sub at the like lowest tier possible to get the Discord at least, because not only do we hang out there and like have fun on the Discord, but these group watches are so much fun to the point where we're definitely, definitely going to do them. I think this is a great way to get through our homework and to make sure that you can listen to our spoilery as hell podcast because you watched the movie with us. So, so yeah, definitely join the group watches if you can. Yeah, it was Our, a blast. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to doing more of them. Mm-hmm. It was really fun. I'm glad you guys have yeah. fun. I know we had some technical difficulties with the first one. Yeah, it went smoothly the second time. What? Though. Yeah. Everything we worked out yeah, some kinks. Yeah, sorry about the technical difficulties. Oh, it, oh please. Oh, it was not just Cat. <laughs> no, it was all it of was, us. It was, it was literally every, every single, single one yes. of us. We yeah. all had different <laughs> things going on. But we'll definitely be doing that again with probably this month. <laughs> so you should cool. definitely join if you can. Uh-huh. So, People Under the Stairs, The Burbs. Let's give some recommendations. Sarah, which of these or both of these would you recommend, not recommend what? Oh, I'd recommend them both. I mean, I I think they're both really good movies for, for different reasons. I mean, People Under the Stairs is, like I said, it's a lot It's a lot darker than I remembered. It's very gritty. It's got a lot of really interesting concepts in it. Um the Burbs has got some really interesting concepts in it and some great characters and charming and, and funny and you can show it to kids. All right. How about you, Matilda? Yeah, I would say both. Definitely. And definitely The People Under the Stairs has a little bit more, a few more challenges in the family friendly department. Yes. Um, <laughs> everything from Ving Rames, like just ruining this kid's childhood over and over again. Oh my like, God. You're too old for tit, but too young for ass. Yes. Oh, yeah. My first God. note watching this was Leroy, destroyer of childhoods. Like, <laughs> like your mother's going to die, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, um, definitely the birds, I think, is a really fun, a fun watch to talk about, like, to introduce somebody it would be really fun with frank and weenie oh, oh yeah yeah i can see that yeah right or, or, you know to talk about kind of the the sinister nature of homogeneity in in neighborhoods i think it would be i think it would be a fun watch yeah yeah, yeah recommend how about both. you ariel oh yeah i would say watch them both i think they make a really good double feature the burbs is fun and zany and goofy and just super enjoyable. People Under the Stairs is, again, really fun, but it's also dark and kind of twisted. And you got to watch it for both Fool, especially, but also mm-hmm. Roach, too, is quite Aww. enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would say check them out, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I would recommend these both. Zany is exactly the right word to describe yes. verbs. It's it's a delight. It's a easy it goes down nice and smooth fun it's fun to see these actors just having a really great time yeah even the little side characters like the garbage man are awesome it's just full of quirky fun characters it is a joe dante it's exactly what you want from a joe dante yes joint. that's a good point 100 mm-hmm. percent. and then people under the stairs i definitely recommend as well because i actually think better than you remember 
more yeah. interesting than you remember at the very mm-hmm. least. So I would blanket recommend both of these very easily. All right. So that is it for our fear your neighbors because they're probably plotting to kill you episode. <laughs> For those of you at home who want to get in touch, you can drop us an email at rachelzombiegirls.com. You can come over to our Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter at ZG Podcast or on Instagram at ZG Podcasts, plural. Um, if you like the show, leave us a review on Apple or wherever it is that you are getting your pods. If you're looking for something to watch tonight, check out the video on demand and streaming calendar on our website. And if you're a nerd who likes video games like me, follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash zombie girls. And okay, I'm still going. <laughs> you got a lot of stuff. <laughs> go, if go. you want to look amazing, and I've seen Sarah rock hers, and so I can confirm hotness is to be found at our T Public store at tpublic.com forward slash zombies dash girls dash podcast. There are shirts for every podcast on the network. So you're going to want one of each. And if you love us, you really want to support us. You can, uh, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombie girls, where every episode becomes an extended episode. Today, we will be delving into some childhood titillation and trauma. And uh, <laughs> yeah, as well as bonus episodes, access to the Patreon for group watches, um, and all of our cat photos. I know you've just been dying to see. All of our cat photos. Um, so, I forgot to do a streaming pick, so you're on your own this time. Check out our video on demand calendar. Until next time, Sarah, why don't you take us out? Okay, before I take us out, I just want to make a quick side note about oh, yeah. uh, Public. Amazing customer service. Absolutely amazing customer service. So if you're hesitant about buying t-shirts over the internet, trust me, this is a company that you want to support. They are pretty damn awesome. Anyway, that's the show. <laughs> thanks for thanks for listening and uh, see you next time. Bye. Bye, Bye everybody. everybody. Thanks, everybody, for listening and to all my co-hosts for waking up early every month just to talk about horror movies with me. Production on this episode was done by yours truly. Our theme song for the show is 80s Halloween Horror by Megan McDuffie. Yes. Justice for Eddie Murphy's banger, Boogie in the Butt. (laughs) Which, by the way, is actually a song that comes up in this house far more often than you would think. (laughs) The what, what in the butt? Boogie in the Butt. Have you ever heard mm-hmm. that song by Eddie Murphy? No, I was it's thinking just of a that, list of that things South to Park put episode. in your butt. I was thinking of that South Park episode, What What in the Butt? Oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think before this, the sun sets on this glorious day, Sarah, you need to go to YouTube yes, or you Spotify do. or whatever music provider um, is easiest for you and look up Eddie Murphy, Boogie in the Butt. It is from <laughs> his, I guess, one album. It, um it's yes yeah, the party all the time album yeah yes mm-hmm. party all the time was i think his mainstream hit yeah but boogie in the butt is the one that gets the most rotation in this house mostly because <laughs> we sing it about our cats and talk about all the things they need to put in their butts but <laughs> okay that's just kind of how i mean that's all it is it's just like a list of things to put in your butt i had a strong memory that that song talked about a trombone in your butt but apparently it doesn't when i went back there was no trombone really no trombone no trombone there is a dinosaur bone put a dinosaur bone in your butt yeah but no trombone put a telephone in your butt i mean like that's the the, (laughs) that is the song (laughs) put ariel's audio issues in your butt